welcome to another episode of the Iron Pulse podcast. Today we have a special guest, Trevor Morrison. Uh, Trevor, would you like to just start off by giving us a little background about yourself, where you went to school, how you know, you know, Kyle and Cal? Yeah, man, absolutely. First of all, appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely love what you're doing with Iron Pulse. So it's honestly awesome that we got to connect and, and hop on this podcast together. So first and foremost, appreciate you guys. Um, but kind of going into my background, who I am. So just a kid from Cleveland, man. Um, grew up on the east side of Cleveland and, you know, started out as a young kid who really didn't know what to do. Um, my parents got divorced at a young age, uh, you know, and, and growing up with a single mom, kind of trying to figure out my path in life, right? Like I've always had this thing in my mind of how do I figure this shit out? How do I live not only a successful life where, you know, I have a good career, but also uh, a, a fulfilled life, right? Like I'm happy. I enjoy what I do. So that's always been in the forefront of my mind. But going a little into like what I've done, um, went to high school in Menor. So if anyone's from the Cleveland area, you know what that is on the east side. A big football school, probably the biggest public school um, in Ohio, to be honest. I don't know if that's still still true, but I think it was when I was going there. Anyways, um, you know, went to Mentor, played football there, then decided to, you know, continue that football career into into college, and um, you know, kind of going into where I met Kyle, where I met Cal. That's that's where it all started in college. Um, but I first started out going to a D two school in Erie, Pennsylvania. So. Um, Mercyhurst, if anyone's ever heard of it, uh, it was a, it was a good experience, man. I got to meet some really cool people. Um, you know, a lot of different backgrounds, people from Africa, people from Australia, um, and just being able to live with a lot of interesting people with all types of backgrounds. So, um, went to Mercyhurst, but also realized that the football program just wasn't a good fit for me. And at that age, that was like everything, you know, at a young age, like all you're doing is playing sports. That's what my mind was on. And, you know, I think initially, like when I got into college, I was thinking going this way with my life. And it turned out I, I needed to take it in a different direction. But we'll get back to that. Anyways, um, I made the decision to transfer from Mercyhurst and went to John Carroll. And, bro, honestly, like the best decision of my entire life that that place like I am so indebted to it because it's just changed my perspective on life what what it means to me what the people around me mean to me and you know like going there honestly um just just catapulted me to a whole different lifestyle a whole different mindset um and that really started when I met Cal so I was living with my parents, actually just my dad. So living with my dad, going to John Carroll. And uh, I was coming in my coming into my last semester and decided, I'm like, all right, you know what? I need to go live in like a college house. I've been working for a while, been saving up some money. Let's go live in a college house for a little bit. And uh, one of our one of our friends, Jake, he he owned a house over on uh, Bucknell, if you guys remember that area like Bucknell and Warrensville. Um, so was living there and that's where I met Cal. And it's funny too, like you guys bring up Cal. How do I know Cal? The first time I ever met this dude, I, I couldn't stand him. Like he's my best friend. He's going to be my best man at my wedding. But when I first met him, I honestly wanted to fight him as soon as I met him. Um, he just had like, we're sitting in a meeting room and going over plays and, bro, you know, like, you're in film. You're trying to figure shit out and, and, like, scout the other team, understand what you're doing, too. Like, you know, hey, you need to take this step in this direction instead of that direction, whatever it is. And this dude is fidgeting the whole freaking time. I mean, it's nonstop. Like, his leg's shaking. He's doing this weird – and we always joke about it. Like, to this day, he had a water bottle, and he's trying to slam his fingers into the water bottle. Like, the whole – it's fucking crazy. Guys, I can't even make this up. It was 
the worst, the worst thing ever to sit next to you when trying to go through a film session. But uh, come to find out, like the guy is, he's, he reminds me of like a Kanye, you know, like he's crazy when you talk to him. You're like, dude, I can't believe you think that way. But he's honestly a genius, man. And um, he's taught me a lot about life. And I really like, I hope he, I hope he listens to this at some point because, um, you know, I'm as indebted as I am to John Carroll, I am to, to him and his experience and like the time I got to live with him because that's really where like my whole mind shit, my mind shift shifted. And um, it's kind of what I'm doing now. So, you know, I, and the beginning, like when we were living together, <clears throat> he just started his cooking page. So obviously, you guys know his cooking page, Cal will cook it. Um, but it started out from humble beginnings. So um, the, the OGs that John Carroll know, Taste of Tremor was like his original page. So, you know, I'm seeing him like slowly start to figure this out, figuring out the social media game, the, um, you know, the art of going viral, like creating really good content. And I saw the amount of time he was putting into it. Like he put in so much effort. Like people don't even realize how hard that stuff is. And I mean, you guys know, cause you know how much content like just takes out of your creativity and just how much time it takes to plan, to shoot it, to edit it. There's so much that goes into it. So he was doing all this and I'm like seeing it firsthand. And I never had really any like ambitions to do anything with social media. Um, but I always had like a love for fitness and um, I'm going to be honest, like when I graduated, I graduated with a supply chain and marketing degree. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like not an absolute clue. I, you know, I, I went into a chemical company. I still work there right now and they're great to me. Like I love it, enjoy it. But the work itself, it's like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And that's when COVID happened, right? Like soon as I graduated and I'm living with Cal and I'm seeing him do all this stuff. And it was just like the perfect concoction of different people with different mindsets for me to just take this raw material, this, this putty that I had that I've just accumulated over 20, you know, 23 years and try to display that out on a canvas and like do something with it. So that's when I started getting in the social media thing. And I really didn't know what to do at first. I was like, well, I like working out. Um, let's just see where this goes, you know? And I, so I started making workouts and it's kind of just progressed from there where, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways that I can bring value to people that watch, you know, anything I do on social media. And I know I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying like, Oh my God, you know, I'm the next big thing or anything, but it's like the, the amount of people that watch my, my reels, my videos, whatever, it can be a small, it can be one person am I bringing value to that one person? Are they looking at this as like someone who's into overall health and wellness and saying, you know what? I got value from that information. So I try to think of that like before I, before I post my stuff. Um, but yeah, man, anyways, Kyle, going back to your original question, Cam, my bad. I got, went off on a tangent there, You're good. <laughs> but, uh, but Kyle, we actually had a supply chain class in, um, at John Carroll. And I think it was our junior or my junior year. Um, it might've been like senior year. Cause I graduated in the spring or I'm sorry, in the fall. So you guys graduated in the spring before me. Um, Cam, I think you might be a little bit older. Anyways, Kyle, um, you know, we had a supply chain class and I never really saw him that much. I always like thought to myself like, damn, this dude's really smart. Like he's got an internship. He's just going, you know, to Nestle all the time and then coming back and giving presentations. Like I never really, got to interact with them too much. Um, but then I saw you guys start, you know, posting stuff on, um, you know, on, on Instagram. And I saw you guys were creating this really cool clothing line brand. And what stuck out to me so much is like, it looks so different. Like everything differentiates itself and it just had this real feel to it. And I always tell people like, like when I, when I, <laughs> I tell you guys, or I tell people, Hey, Iron Pulse, you guys got to check these guys out. Like, this is quality gear. Like I'm telling you when I work out, like it's, this is no joke. And, um, like I, I always try to mention like, listen, he went to John Carroll with me, but I'm serious. Like I really do enjoy the product. <laughs> so like, 
so it's like, you know, seeing you from John Carroll, obviously I want to support you. And it's one of those things I was like, you know what? I actually fuck with what they're doing. And I think Kyle, we just connected over Instagram. Um, and yeah, we just, you know, over the past like couple months, we've, we've started to hang out a little bit more. We got a workout in, which was cool. We did the podcast, but yeah, man, just that's, you know, that's, that's kind of how I know Kyle. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I might have some other thoughts on, on you mentioning that <laughs> when he said, when he, <laughs> dude, I was laughing over here, but <laughs> no, it, it's, it's true though. We wouldn't be here. Yeah, no, it's Kyle and I have our own opinions of one another because we just go back and forth. <laughs> and, you know, like we get to see one of us do something stupid and then the other one call us on it. So, but it's I'm all sure it's you know, probably the sure. same as uh, you and Cal Trevor. I mean, like oh, you said, God. it takes like one person, which, you know, for me, that was camp to be crazy enough to say, let's just do it. So, like, you know, I, I, I've always wanted to have a clothing brand and like I was trying to do it the whole like whole nine yards while I was in school and it took someone like camp to just say let's just do it and I was like all right let's do it then you know so yeah yeah you gotta have someone I mean that exactly I like I love your guys's banter back and forth and it's like you know the little details because you guys work together all the time but it's like if you were talking about each other to someone else it's all love it's all like you know you wouldn't be doing this in a joint thing right like you wouldn't be doing it together if you didn't trust that person and like believe in who they are what they stood for yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, with, with uh, Kyle and I, like, we each, we each kind of – we stay in our lane with a few things um, just because we know, like, the other person's going to take care of it. Like, that's what they're, you know, supposed to be doing for, like, today or on a, you know, on a daily or a weekly basis. Um, but, we, yeah, we definitely go back and forth a lot just collaborating and, you know, running ideas off of one another. Because I think, like, Kyle has more of, like uh, – I would say he has, like, a conservative approach. Like, he'll play, like, devil's advocate – um, and then me, on the other hand, I'm just like, all right, we're just going to do this and this. And like, you know, I try to think of the, you know, multiple situations that could happen. Um, but it's good to have different mindsets and different opinions to run past one another so that, you know, when we do make a decision, we look at it from more than one angle. But what I've learned from that, and I think Kyle can agree, is no matter how hard we plan for something, it's like it just doesn't go the way that we would expect it to. Yeah, uh, always, always twists and turns. That's there just, is, yeah. That's kind of life, though, man. And that's like, I, it's yeah, funny to go absolutely. back to, we go back to my, uh, you know, social media stuff that I was talking about earlier. That's kind of also what I'm thinking too with it, right? Is, is how do you differentiate yourself from other people in your market or, you know, who are doing the same things as you? You got to present something different. It has to be from a different angle. And I love that you said, like, you know, just understanding that there's always going to be problems. That's what I love about stoicism. And that's why I try to promote it so much and promote mindset so much, because understanding that those things are going to go wrong allows you. Yes, you're going to plan, obviously. But when those things do go wrong, it's like, all right, I knew this was going to happen. Let's just keep rolling with it. Let's figure it out. We plan for it. You know, we, we've been in this situation before. So like having that mindset, man, is I think is such an important piece in, you know, having a successful, having a fulfilled life. Um, and I love yep. that you guys. I love that you guys have that mindset because it definitely shows that you're going to be successful in, you know, whatever you, you choose to pursue. Dude, yeah. Social media is so like people think it's so easy. It is so hard. Like it's OK. <laughs> like you can go viral overnight. Right. But like. The odds of that happening to you, even if you put in the consistency and you put in the effort, you put in the hours, the time, whatever the case is, like it's still there's no guarantee, right? There's no guarantee. And it's hard to find like the right audience. And you can sit there and like mm -hmm. manipulate the data and the analytics and like look at the algorithms as much as you want to. But because they change so frequently, like it's a full time job, you know, and I, I do believe like, you know, some people would say, well, you're just making excuses if you can't, you know put time towards it or if you don't want to put time towards it blah 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 but like i know that there are people out there and you know kyle and i like our day our days get very busy sometimes um that literally do not have the time to sit there and like scroll through feed feed after feed like trying to learn the algorithm and and you mm -hmm. know figure it out on a daily or weekly basis but yeah man social media I, like kyle and i we do it but it's not our favorite thing and um, it's, tough, yeah, it's tough to keep up with it 
bro and yeah. it's 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 definitely a beast in itself and i've wrestled with the idea and and honestly the purpose of social media right because there's so much more to life than just posting things like you guys are creating valuable clothes that are tangible they're real they're real you know what i'm saying they're, it's not just some photo on your phone it's it's really hard right. to like get get wrapped up in that and honestly bro i wouldn't even want to go viral in, in this day and age because it's that quick five minutes of oh my god look at this this is crazy holy wow, wow, wow. and then it goes away it's like you want to create something that's consistent and it doesn't matter if it's 100 people 10 people 10,000 people, if all those people are bought in, believe in the, in the actual vision that you're portraying, that's what truly matters. That's, you know, it, it doesn't matter about, oh, am I going to create something that's going to catch people's eye? It's like, no, I want to actually impact them at a deeper level than just something that they're going to be entertained by. I mean, it has to be entertaining right. in some sense, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, people, they get caught up in comparing themselves. Right. And like Kyle and I, when we started this podcast, the first episode was let's forge a brand. Right. And we've probably gone off course and changed course like 10 times since then. And, you know, we've we've talked about our struggles and our hardships on the podcast. But I know like a lot of people on social media, they only show the success. Um, they only show like what they think people want to see with the life that they're like trying to live, but they're not actually living. Right. It's, it's fake. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is hard to, for like a mental state, it's hard to like not get caught up in it. Easier, easier said than done. Right. Cause I know 100%. a lot of people do get caught up in it. Um, Cause like Kyle and I, and you, like we all work hard, but like Kyle and I still have a full-time job. I don't know if you have a, a full-time job still. Outside I do. Of, if, I do. Yeah, dude, it's like, you know, and we see people that maybe aren't working as hard or like whatever the case is, maybe they're, you know, taking advantage of their looks, blah, blah, blah. Right. There's a lot of different things out there, but it's like, dude, it's so hard to like, not say, man, like that should be me. Why am I still doing this full-time job? You know, mm -hmm. it's just, it, yeah, some days are harder than others. Um, but you know, here we are still pushing through and I, I know now you're doing the same thing with us. Yeah. It's, it's a constant battle. I mean, there's never going to be a point where you're completely satisfied, where you're thinking to yourself, like, this is exactly where I need to be. It's like our brains aren't hardwired for that. And, you know, going back to the understanding that, that roadblocks are going to happen. It's like, you got to understand what your human makeup is too. Like how you, re you naturally react to things and, having that natural initial reaction, right? Of you look at someone, you want to be like that person. That's, that's normal. Like, I think so, I think all of us go through that. And so often you see on social media, like the, the, you know, the um, problem is, yeah, okay. I feel that way about the picture. And then their solution is, well, don't feel that way. Well, I'm still like, it's just my initial thought. So I think understanding that you're going to have those initial thoughts and kind of working with them, right? And having that good relationship with those thoughts can help you navigate through this extremely odd time. Um, you know, if we weren't comparing ourselves to people on social media, we'd be comparing ourselves to people we know in, in real life. I think that's that just stands true in, in human nature. So I don't know, I'm kind of going off on a tangent about social media, but yeah, bro, it's-, it's No, you're good, um, yeah. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough beast. It's a tough beast and it's it's hard to, not get wrapped up in it because you want to be successful. Like you put in so much work and you want to reap the benefits, but also understand like what you're putting the work in for. It's, it's for you. It's you wanted to create this brand and you know, I want to create content. That's really good to me. I've, I feel super passionate about fitness and I think I'm creating value for people that actually will help them in their fitness journeys and help them live a healthier lifestyle. And, um, I think that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And so you mentioned um, in the beginning, whenever you were going through a little bit of your background that, you know, you were just living and breathing football, like that was your sport. What was the turning point for you from transitioning from, you know, being this football guy and like always being involved with football to, you know, taking that different path? And I know you talked a lot about, you know, the different types of philosophies that you're getting into and fitness. And so how did the, how was the transition from, football to the other mindset yeah that's a that's a really good question and i don't think it happened and you know i can't say like oh my football career ended and then 
my mindset shifted. So um, really injuries just happened to me, right? Like I started becoming human. And when I was, I think a senior in high school, this is when I had this mindset of I am the best. I am literally, like I used to watch a lot of Aaron Donald, right? And this is, <laughs> this is, this was, this was pre uh, before, like everyone thought that Aaron Donald was the best D line. Like he was coming up, he was really good. He, he was probably like a year or two in the league, I think like maybe two, three years. And he was an animal. I used to watch his stuff all the time, but I actually thought I was him. You know what I mean? And my ego was so big, bro. It was terrible. I was in, you know, a bad relationship too. I, um, was eating like garbage. It was like, right after senior year, right? It, uh, you have the grab parties and everything. So I'm just enjoying myself. And I came into camp at Mercyhurst, like a little bit overweight, but really strong. Like I still worked out in the weight room, but you know, I was eating like garbage. So I got kind of fat. Um, but I played D line. So like, you know, if I'm 260, 270, that's cool. That's, that's what I do. Like I have to be up there against 300 pound linemen. So um, you know, I'm in, I'm in that phase of my life where I'm feeling thick. And honestly, I don't know if you guys have ever had a fat boy say it's like really fat. It messes with your mind. Like mentally, you, you have no self-confidence. You are really just in a terrible place. Like you don't feel good about yourself. Anytime you go out, um, your mood is always off because you're just, I mean, you're so unhealthy. Your home, hormone level levels are usually off. So it was just a, it was just a mess for me. Like I, I was dealing with some depression, you know, I was in a brand new college, brand new state. Um, but what really did it for me is I moved, I got moved to offensive line. So I was a D lineman and I never played offensive line in, in uh, high school. So for them to move me to offensive line was just like, at the time, it's funny, like saying this now, especially to someone who like wasn't in, that, in my situation at the time, you're thinking to yourself like, who cares, dude? You're playing offensive line, whatever. But to me, that was such a big deal at the time. So it just, it killed me, man. It just killed me. And as I'm getting fatter, I'm losing my self-confidence because I'm not playing D-line anymore. And that's what my identity was all wrapped up in. So um, I just I just went through a really tough time, like my freshman year of college. Um, I think that was the only time in college that I got under a 3-0. So I was just like, you know, I was always a really smart kid in high school too. So I always, I had the expectation. I'm like, I'm going to get a four in my first semester, but I was just so depressed. I was, you know, eating myself alive and I don't know what shifted like that the, the next semester, but I started realizing, and it wasn't like an automatic change. It was kind of slowly, right? It was like, all right, if I, if I'm in this position, I got to do something about it. Like I got to, you know, lose some weight and then I'll, you know, go back on D line, whatever. So that's kind of when like the mind shit just started, right? That was the years shifting. And um, yeah, so I lost like 20, 25 pounds going into the next year. And I got into camp and I'm like, all right, I'm down to 245, 250. I'm going to be a perfect, like we had this anchor position. So we played a three-man line. And the two guys on the outside, they had to be fast. But they also had to be big, too, because you're going against, like, tackles, and sometimes you're going to go against the guard as well. So you're going to take on double teams. you got to be a big dude down there. So, like, 245, 250, I'm 6'1". I knew I was good enough as a defensive lineman. Like, I had that confidence in myself, and I worked my ass off that summer, too. So I knew I was, I was coming in super confident, man. And as soon as I get there, like, nothing. These coaches just were, like, sick of me. I don't know. I'm, I might have just acted like, you know, a bum the last year and they just decided they, they written me off. They didn't give me any chance. So that was just a blow, another blow to the ego, right? Like I spent all this time and it's just, damn, I'm still not, I'm still on O-line. I'm playing the scout team right now. And uh, yeah, man, that's when I decided like, I can't be here anymore. Like I need to make this switch. And that's when I went to John Carroll um, after that. And that's, that's kind of when, it just got elevated to a new level of, of mindset and how I thought about life and just the, the work ethic I put into things. Um, you know, I always thought I worked hard, but it was all like the nutrition piece was never something I dove into the, the sleep piece. And there was just all these little things that I started to take seriously. And 
it just kept the ball rolling. Like every, every month I would just get a little more serious about it, a little more serious, a little more serious. And, you know, I'd learn a little bit more and get a little bit better at it. And, um, you know, it took me about a year at John Carroll to like get my footing and, and feel confident in my game again. So I'm probably going into my, this is my red shirt junior year, right? So I got two more years left. Um, and I'm feeling super confident. And for those who don't know, my junior, my redshirt junior year, I was a part of this eight-man line where these eight dudes, like every single one of them could have played D1. There's no question in my mind. We led the NCAA in sacks for like against uh, D3, D2, D1, like across the board. We were animals. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in this rotation. Like I'm a big, healthy part of this. And the first game was great. Like I'm feeling, we went to Wisconsin. We went and whooped their ass. It was such a great trip. We got to stop in Chicago. So much fun, bro. And I'm, I'm riding high right now, man. I'm feeling really good. Like, damn, I put all this work in. Like people don't even know, like all the shit I just had to go through the depression, the coaches, all that shit. And I'm finally, I'm finally doing it, man. This is what I always wanted to do in college, like just play football and be on a really good team and be respected, all this stuff. So I'm going into my next game and no joke, like best game I've had and starts the fourth quarter and we're running this twist play. So I'm a three tech and we're like, if it's a pass, basically the offensive tackle, offensive guard kick back into a pass step motion and I'm going to have to wait for that defensive end that's to the right of me to crash in. And as soon as I see him crash in, that's when I loop around. So that's exactly what happened. I loop around. And as soon as I'm like completing the loop around, I dig my left heel or like left toe in the ground to kind of dip underneath the tackle and go straight at the quarterback. I see him like it's (laughs) clear as day. We're almost all right there at the same time. And as soon as I make that plant, I feel this slam like in the back of my heel. And I thought like immediately I go, dude, this offensive tackle can't block me. What a bum. Like he comes up and just kicks me from my leg. What is going on? And as I hit the ground, I'm like, oh, this is serious. Like this is not good. So um, I'm on the ground and I'm thinking I'm cramping in my calf. And I'm like, dude, why? This is I've never felt this before in my calf. Like I don't the the trainer's like coming up to me he's like what's going on I'm like I think I have a cramp so he's like digging into my calf and I'm like they they stand me up and I'm hobbling like I have two guys to the side of me and I'm trying to walk on my left foot and I'm like dude I don't feel my heel like it it literally has no feeling like if it I don't know if you guys have ever like put small shoes on to go take out the trash like you're, you're, um, yeah, you're walking <laughs> on your yep. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I felt like as I was walking away. And I'm like, this is not good. So they put me on the table. He, the doctor, so Dr. Saluan, awesome dude. And he's, he's done a couple of my surgeries already. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Saluan. Um, but he, he starts, so he puts me on the table. My chest is on top or, you know, on top of the table. And he's grabbing my calves. So he starts grabbing my, my right calf. And as he squeezes my calf, he sees my foot, like, you know, move. So you can see there's a reaction. And he does it my left, and there's nothing. And I, I didn't, like, I didn't really know what was going on. He sits me up, and he's like, listen, man, I've been wrong before. And I could 100% be wrong about this but I've been doing this for 25 years and you had no reaction whatsoever in your foot. When I squeeze your calf, like that usually means it's a complete tear of the Achilles. And, uh, I was like sitting there and I'm just like sitting to myself, like he just said, I tore my Achilles. Like, are you kidding me? And it took me like a minute or two. I'm like, okay, thanks doc. Appreciate it. You know, I shook his hand and he just like, Hey man, you're going to be okay. You know, looks at me like that. But it didn't hit me, like, yet, right? I'm just like, damn, man, I just got injured. That kind of sucks, you know? And uh, I think I just laid back down on the the table. And, um, you know, I had a couple players, like, hey, man, what's going on? And I was like, ah, oh, man, just 
I think I just tore my Achilles and oh, that sucks. That sucks. But I had this coach come up to me, right? And uh, he dashed me up and I just started crying. Like I, I couldn't stop crying. And I just hugged him as tight as I can. And I was just like, I worked so hard for this. Like I did everything I was supposed to do. And it, like, it hurt me so much in that moment that I just put all this work in for, I mean, you got to think, my whole goal in high school was I need to get a college scholarship so I can play football. I can pay for my schooling, which I did. And I'm like very successful for that. But obviously I wanted to do really well in college, you know, playing football was the goal and put four years in, in, in high school, three more years in, in college, had to transfer schools just so I could play the position that I love to play. And it's done. Like it's, it's over. So that was like a really hard realization. Um, but I didn't come to it for another year. So it took me 11 months to rehab from that injury. Um, I made the decision, like as soon as I tore it, I said, all right, well, I'm going to at least try to rehab it and try to come back for one more season. And, um, I came into camp, bro. And, you know, I felt, I felt pretty good. It definitely was like a weird feeling. Right. But I got eight days into camp and had another micro tear in the Achilles. And that's, um, that's when I decided like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta hang it up. Um, but I felt like at that moment, right. When I was done and finally made that decision, I was so at peace with it. Um, it just, it felt like the right thing to do. I knew that I put everything I had into it. Um, and I felt super confident in where I was going after that, you know, transition in my life, like that big chapter, I was like, all right, I'm closing this, that last four or five years was just absolute shit, but I'm, I'm prepared for life. Like I feel great despite all that shit. I had a great time and, you know, I still enjoy life. So I'm gonna keep going. Um, so that, that high didn't last very long. I think I, I told you guys like during COVID, as soon as COVID hit, um, I had another one of those revelations where I'm like, I need to, I need to find purpose and I need to work towards something that's, that's valuable. Um, and you know, I've just been cultivating a, a greater mindset ever since, ever since then. And I, I've made that decision. Um, it's just, it's a never ending pro process. You know, I, I don't have this thing of like, Oh, I want to get to this goal. I want to feel this way about my mindset. It's how can I become a better man every single day? Like what are those actions that I can do to make that happen? And, um, yeah, man, that's that's kind of how it's transitioned to, to that period. But football is a huge piece of my life. And, you know, despite everything that happened, I'm forever grateful for it and wouldn't have changed a thing because I would not have the same mindset. I would not have the same attitude towards life, the attitude towards, you know, being around my my fiance or my family if I didn't go through those experiences. So, yeah, man, it is yeah. what it is. And, and I'm grateful for it. Damn. That's uh, that's the first time I ever heard the full story. So I appreciate you sharing all that. I think, you know, a lot of it um, that you mentioned that, you know, probably a lot of other people can take away from it too, is, you, you know, you can work just like you mentioned so hard for X amount of years and have all this passion towards something. And then something like, you know, in, in your case, tearing your Achilles, you just sit there and think, why did this happen? Like, why? you know, everything that you went through and everything you've been through over the last couple of years, why did that have to happen right when everything was just on the up, um, upward trend? And I mean, you, you ended it pretty perfectly in the sense of, you know, you got to be grateful for all those experiences that happen, whether they're positive or negative. And when one door closes, another one opens. And, you know, it's, you know, just setting you yourself up for your next journey and, you know, whatever else you have going on. Mm -hmm. That's tough. Absolutely. But it's definitely tough, right? Especially whenever you like when you work to make something like that stronger, right? So like you go through the rehab again, right? And you you're building up the strength, you know, str it's stronger than it probably was before, just to have it micro tear again, and then it, it puts you in like another fragile mental state of like, well, shit, like what's gonna happen now, right? You you kind of enter a period of the unknown. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have had that. I mean, I've had something like that. I mean, Kyle, I'm assuming you've had something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it definitely makes you think about, you know, where do I go next? Where do I find happiness? Where do I find purpose? Like what value is there? 
you know, it's the, the mental state, man. It is mental health is, you know, it's, uh, it's a delicate subject. But I'm glad that, you know, you're, you're, you found the path, right. And you're happy, you're happy now. So that's definitely a good direction to be in. Yeah. And so to kind of transition into what I think is actually, you know, a pretty awesome topic. It falls along with what we're doing right now. You have uh, your podcast thoughts from a balcony. So, um, you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast and kind of how you tie in the uh, philosophical aspects into uh, what you talk about on there. Yeah, man, that's, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, so thoughts from a balcony is honestly something that I have been thinking about forever. Um, I think ever since I learned about podcasts, I always thought to myself, like, I would love to have a podcast someday. That sounds so fun, you know? And um, I actually, I think it was like last year, and I just had uh, the host on uh, of, of um, The Bridge, and he was the first guy that reached out to me and asked me to be on a podcast. And I went on and just like had the best experience with them. Um, there was so much energy and they made me feel like I can do this and, and my voice mattered. And I think that's so important too, because especially with social media, you see so many voices out there. Like it's, it's a lot. There is so much out there. Um, and I've heard, especially about the fitness industry, it's so saturated, right? There's just so many people trying to do the same thing over and over again. Um, but, you know, hearing someone say, like, after the podcast, I mean, he was like, hey, man, your voice matters. Um, I really think you have a powerful message, and I think you should continue to share that. And hearing that from somebody, like, just jump-started in me. So um, started Thoughts from a Balcony, like, last year. Um, and I was trying to do a lot of different stuff. So obviously, like, the fitness stuff outside of working a nine-to-five um, studying for other certifications, you know, um, obviously I have a fiance, I just got engaged, dude. Like that was, <laughs> that is no joke. Like that is, that takes work, um, you know, putting effort into that relationship. And it was, it was a lot of, a lot of good intentions when I first started. Uh, but then I realized like, okay, I can't, can't sustainably put all this effort into to one thing. So, I did like five episodes last year and uh, five or six or so, and they were just great. Like the whole idea behind it was to just have conversations with people and let wisdom kind of flow through that conversation. And I've had so many great guests on there. Um, but anyways, going back to like the whole progress of it, I kind of like stopped it for a little bit. And, and like you guys talked about starting a brand, and understanding that you need to go back and like change it every once in a while. Like you say, you guys seen it like four or five times. And I've had the same mentality with the podcast is like, how do, how do I want to do this? Like what direction do I want to go? What type of equipment do I want to do to record? So like I had to think of all these things that I didn't think about before initially starting it. Um, and now I think I've got a, a really good, really good groove going, a really good setup going. Um, and, and I'm putting a lot more effort into it, but you know, the whole idea behind it, is like I said, is just to have open conversations with really interesting individuals and have their stories be heard through a platform that I'm able to create and be able to facilitate discussion in a way that ignites, you know, wisdom and, and really gets the knowledge that that person who is talking to actually share to listeners, right? Like we, we talked about being lost and trying to figure out where we're, we're going in life. I think there's so much wisdom packed into not only our ancestors, but like people we live with as well. You know, we've all gone through different experiences and we've all handled them, them a different way. So being able to learn from the, from those people, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to promote in my podcast and, and kind of, that's the forefront of the purpose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, Absolutely. I just picture myself like creating TikToks of literally like standing on a balcony with coffee and like letting quotes play 
bother me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. I might have to take that one. Oh, take it, dude. Yeah, bro, any way you can, man. But like, I, that's what I see a lot of now, right? Like, people, they just have, like, B-roll footage of, you know, something that's peaceful. And then there's just audio, like, either, whether it's, like, inspirational or motivational or, like, you know, mental health audio, you know, overlaying on top of the video. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That was, like, the first thing when I... Yeah, when I heard the name, that was the first thing I thought of. It's funny. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Um, So I just had that. You guys know who Exit Comfort Zone is? That crazy bald dude who is – he's always, like, swinging the the kettlebells and the mace clubs. I don't know if you've ever seen him on TikTok or – I think I've seen a few of his stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Like, he's gone viral a couple times. And he's – He's a great dude. Like I got to talk with him on my podcast for about an hour and just like such a great individual. He's an, he's actually an Arctic Ranger from Sweden, but he was the first one that asked me about like the idea behind it. He was like, well, so why do you call yourself thoughts from a balcony? And, um, I never, like, I never had someone ask me that before, but honestly, the whole reason is just cause I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that song by Mac Miller thoughts from a balcony. No. You know, no. I was going to ask if there was a correlation <laughs> to that because I saw the name of it and then I also knew that was a Mac Miller song. But then I was like, I don't know if that's like directly correlated. <laughs> I And I love, dude, I love that song. But, um, and the whole like idea of having conversations, just open with people. Like I've always just thought, you know, having, having a, you know, smoking a day on a balcony, you know, sipping a little coffee with somebody and just connecting with them is just the coolest thing ever. Like you get to, really dive deep into who they are, their different experiences. And it's always those moments like where you're sitting down for three hours and just kind of kicking it outside and not worrying about the distractions on your cell phone or the TV. You're just outside enjoying that person's company. And I've always just pictured, you know, a balcony is like one of those places to do it. And then I remember that song and I'm like, Oh, Oh, this is a great name for a podcast. Like this is it. And yeah, it, t- it took me like, a, I can't even remember my, you know, the other names that I thought of. They were probably really stupid. Um, but as soon as I na- like I nabbed on thoughts from a balcony, I'm like, you know what? This is it, man. This fits, this fits what I'm trying to do. And I feel like it fits my style. So I rocked with that ever since. Hell yeah. I think, um, you so know, what- you mentioned too, going through it, like, you know, you changed it so many times, just like. You know, we've mentioned we've changed Iron Pulse a lot. I think everybody has this conception that, like, you know, they have to have the most perfect idea and, like, the perfect product. And, like, they're not going to start anything or, like, even think about starting something until they have that idea that they think is a golden ticket, which, like, come to find out, you know, you won't get to that point unless you start the building blocks small and you'll go back and change it and rewrite things and come up with different ideas all around the same general idea that you're trying to start but you know nobody's gonna have the nobody writes their books in pen like you know, everybody has drafts you're gonna have to go back and change things and you know you're, you're never gonna get to that point unless you start uh with whatever it is that you're working with at the beginning very true Kyle. yeah if you think you're gonna start something with all the answers you're never gonna start right i mean experience is the best teacher yeah so 100 like you have Sorry, guys, went went on mute there for a second on accident. Um, <laughs> you have to start to even figure it out. Like, there, especially, I mean, with you guys creating your clothing line brand, I'm sure you can relate to this, but, like, starting out on social media, I had no, no idea what direction to go. I was like, dude, I think I have an idea, and this might sound like it, so let's just put it on there, and hopefully it does well. But it's that ever like it's it's like an art right you can't stay in this one box forever like you have to be able to express yourself and just kind of let it flow like just let the creativity come out of you and that's such a hard thing to do because you have to really just like sit down be calm and rely on your past experiences but if you have new experiences you've never started then you're never going to continue to grow and like come up with those new ideas that are hot they're fresh and they're something that's you know different to to what you're usually seeing yep yeah yeah you know if you try to just create everything before you start right you're you're going to be creating stuff off of what other people have already done right so those Mm -hmm. those visions that you're you you want you're not going to have them straight out of the gate so yeah definitely important 
Um, what platforms, go back to the podcast, what platforms are is your podcast available on? So it's on Spotify and Apple. Um, I do everything through Anchor. So I feel like they've said things about, oh, it's on other platforms. But looking at my analytics, it just looks like Apple and, and Spotify. And I think like you can do it through the Anchor app too. Gotcha. I, I, Pat, did we ever look at Anchor? I don't, know I don't think so. We're on Podbean. What you, pod, <laughs> what's it called? Podfiend? Podbean. 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 Okay, I, I haven't yep. heard of that. Yeah, we've, we've been on Podbean since the start. We're loyal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anchor, Anchor was free, and I mentioned the, the guy who I, uh, you know, went on the first podcast with, The Bridge. Shout out The Bridge. Great, great other podcast. Um, but he used Anchor. So, like, I that was really my only contact of someone who started a podcast and like his, you know, he had a hundred, like 50 plus episodes, I think at the time. Um, so, you know, I just kind of went to him for everything and I got like, a, <laughs> I got this terrible, um, like video camera that went on top of my, my laptop and dude, of course there's like a smudge right through the middle of it. And I just bought it. <laughs> it was just, it was so demoralizing at first. Like the, the mic I have just didn't sound, you know, what I wanted it to sound like. It was still picking up a lot of static. And, it, you know, it was just like a process. But now I feel like I've, and I'm sure I'll get better over time. But, like, you know, considering my, my circumstances where I'm at in terms of, like, living situations, I've done a pretty good job of, like, setting up the right way, figuring out lighting, understanding, like, okay, maybe I can start using this stuff for content. Um, and I'm, yeah, like, I'm speaking, absolutely. I'm speaking, I'm speaking in terms of like, this is two, three weeks ago. I'm just now figuring this out and like made the investments to, to get something different. But if I never would have started and like tried to just do it on my own, then I never would have got to this point and like figured out, okay, this is actually the right way to do it. Yeah. hundred percent. Actually, when Cam and I recorded our first episode, I had my mic on mute the whole time. So it didn't even. Our first episode wasn't even ever released because <laughs> my mic was on mute. <laughs> I think we recorded like seven or eight. We recorded episodes a bunch of prior them, yeah. to our first one. We were testing. We were testing for so long. Really and, interesting. Yeah, and then yeah. we then one day we were like, all right, we just got to get these out here. Which I mean, it's been kind of cool too because I think the one thing with the podcast is whether we realize it or not, and I'm sure you're the same way, Trevor. Like having some place where you can record thoughts, whether it's in a notebook through a podcast like this, that's really the only way that we've really been able to track what we've done because we talk about it so often. I mean, with the podcast, we can at least go back and listen to something we said like a year ago. Whereas if, you know, we never had this and we were just talking on the phone, you can't recall a phone call, you know, it's a a great way for anyone to just track their progress and, you know, with whatever it is that they're doing, you can, always have great conversation in podcasts. Yeah, there's a lot of things that Kyle and I, we we talk about, we're like, man, we should be recording right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel, you know, going forward, I think we've done a better job of, you know, recording the more important stuff, um, you know, to, to tell people. But yeah, it's, there's thoughts on paper that just never see the light of day that they probably should. <laughs> they probably shouldn't exactly like you gotta you gotta test these out just like you said like there's always a first draft to everything so i'm not i'm not saying like oh like when we talk about just getting started i'm not saying don't plan and don't put pride into your work and put some thought process out there but also understand like this is not gonna be perfect because you have to learn through those those failures and figuring out okay i just created this but that kind of looks like shit. So let me, you know, go back and, and do this and do that. Um, but yeah, man, that's, you gotta, you gotta start at some point. So like definitely start by planning, but, but uh, at some point you just gotta go, all right, this is it. Yeah. So for, for social media real quick and you know, whether it's a podcast or, you know, just on like Instagram, Facebook, whatever, TikTok, would you recommend somebody focus more on like quantity or quality to start? Oh, quality, 110%. Like, it's not even a question. Um, first of all, like, there's there's multiple levels of why quality is better. Number one, like, we could just talk about the mental health aspect of it. 
when you're always focused on quantity, it's like this pressure. It's so much pressure to just, okay, I got to post something. I got to post something. I got to post something. And then you're putting stuff out there that you're not even really putting time and effort into. You're just posting to post and like, hopefully it catches traction. Now, some people are like extra creative, right? Like they have time in the day and they're really good at making those, you know, posts every day or posts every three days, or maybe it's your job, whatever. But like putting that pressure on yourself to do quantity all the time is just not good. And it's not good for the art itself. But um, even just like from a business aspect, right? Like if you trying to grow, think about return of, return of investments on the people that interact with your stuff. It's going to be people that are like consistent, right? It's their people that are commenting, they're following you, they're your loyal fan groups, right? So if you're always just posting quantity out there, it has no value to these people. And then you're like, you don't even care at all. Then you're not giving any attention to them. And like, if you give attention to the, your loyal fan group and your loyal base customers, that's when like word of mouth happens or um, they continue. Like for me, I make programs for people. If I continue to create quality content, continue to nurture the people that have bought programs from me, right? Like I continue to give them information, continue to interact with them. Then I have a better chance of them continuing to buy products from me, right? Like it's much easier to keep a customer that has bought from me before than to acquire a new customer. That's just like business one-on-one. So I think from that aspect, like you, you got to think about that, right? It has to have some type of purpose and um, you know, it can be both like, if you're really good at social media, like there's just some freaks out there, dude. Like some people just like, we talked about Cal in the beginning, like some people just think differently and are able to, to do things like that. So I don't want to generalize it and say, Oh, you should only post like once every three days or whatever, but it should just be specific to you, your lifestyle, your goals, what you want to actually do. Like, I don't care about blowing up and getting a bunch of people to follow me that don't, like they don't comment, they don't interact, they don't do anything. They're just following right. me because because they saw a video, one video that was trendy and that they liked it. Like I want to create content that people are like, oh, that's that's kind of different. Like I haven't heard, you know, that mobility presented in that way or that breakdown of, you know, nutrition or meditation in that way. So I think, yeah, dude, quality for sure, without a doubt, is much better than, than quantity of, of social media. Just backtracking real quick. This is something I think about all the time is like how many people like follow you from like high school or college or you follow from high school or college that literally don't engage with anything you do, like don't talk to you, like just because you had once crossed paths with them, like they are, it's like keeping tabs on somebody. Yeah, now, I'm guilty of this because like I, you know, I have people that follow me and I follow people that I went to high school with that I have not talked to, right, or have not talked to me unless like they want something, right? Like, I know Kyle's the same way. We as soon as like Iron Pulse launched, like we had people DMing us like asking, you know, hey, can I get like this or that? And I'm like for free, right? For like, free too. Right? Yeah, like yeah. yeah, and like Kyle and I are like, how do you, how do you think we pay for this? Like we're not, yeah. you know, spending, you know tens of thousands of dollars just to hand out stuff we, we wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to survive but yeah it's i think about it all the time you know it's like should i just purge my social media of people that i don't even talk to people that literally just want to keep tabs they don't care about engaging they don't care about talking to you they don't really care what you're doing they just know you or know of you yeah you know, dude actually you talk about purging your social media so i've done that like multiple times just going through the fun. And, and it's like, I don't feel bad about it because I have no ill will against these people. Right. Like it's not, I'm not unfollowing you because I don't like you or whatever. It's just, Hey man, I like have this vision. I have this goal for what I want to achieve. And let's just get down to the bare reality of it. Like we're all on social media. We have a feed. We scroll through it. Like if we're on social media, we're going to scroll through so social media and look at what's going on and the people that we follow so like, I always think about it as creating a soundboard for yourself, right? Like it's, it's a vision board. It's you're following people that you look up to that 
might, you know, if you actually met them in person or they are people that you interact with, but they're like mentors to you or they interact with your stuff or, you know, you have some type of like deeper connection to them than, oh, I knew you in high school seven years ago and I just follow you because we've always followed each other. Like, I don't, I don't care. You know, <laughs> like a social media is, is something that's a tool for me to, you know, gain information from quality sources and also, you know, interact with people that I love and people that I want to be around. So I think that's really like, you know, my purpose in terms of following. Once you get over the fact of, all right, they're like, are they going to be mad about it? Because I used to think about that too. Like if I unfollow this person, like, are they going to be kind of mad about it? I, it is what it is. Like if they want to confront me about it, I'll give them the same spiel I just gave you. Um, but dude, purging is, is a good idea. It's like, I always think about Holly when you said that, because like, I've never met Holly, but I feel like I'm closer to her than people I spend four years of high school. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone says that. Everyone says that about Holly. And the first time I ever met Holly, this is like pre me even following her on Instagram, like any of that. She just kind of knew me from Cal talking to her about me, right? The first time she saw me, like, it was like, we've known each other for four years. So we saw each other in old school. I'm like working out. She runs over to me. She's about to give me a hug. I'm like, Holly, like I, I'm all sweaty. Like you don't want to hug me. It's like, hi, nice to meet you. Like I've never even met you before, but she was just so bubbly and makes you feel so welcome. And like, that's, that's what I think such a benefit of social media is. Is like, if you never had social media, you never would have met Holly. And like, I got to go down in to Tampa. We worked out together, me and my fiance and her. And um, she's just like a breath of fresh air. She's, she's such a sweetheart. Um, been wanting to have her on the podcast we've had to like we've had to reschedule like three four times i feel bad um not all on me some on her too but uh yeah she, she, <laughs> that she, sounds she's, like her <laughs> <laughs> she's great though she's she is really great um yeah but social media is, is just one of those things it's like you can use it for your good or you can use it to your bad and you can follow people that you know the only thing that they post is like and I don't want to attack people. If this is what you want to do, that's what you want to do. That's fine. But it's not aligned with me, right? Is, you know, you're going out, you're taking a picture at the bar. That's sick. You post a funny caption with it. Like, sick, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's cool. I'm happy you're doing that. And if you're my friend, like, for sure, dude. Awesome. Glad you're, glad you're out having a good time. But I feel like 80 to 90% of those people who are posting those pictures are really, like, judgmental on themselves right like they feel bad about themselves internally and they're trying to post this stuff that you know everyone interacts with like i don't know if you guys i mean i'm sure you've had personal profiles or whatever anytime you posted something where it was like you going out right like or you're you're at a darty in college or whatever it is most interaction ever like so many likes and bunch of comments blah 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 but I remember, like, one of the first times I posted something about working out, it was, like, 20 yeah. likes, 20 yeah. likes. Like, no one gives a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so it's, it's, it's hard to get over that phase of, like, all right, I'm, I'm living for other people, right? Like, I'm trying to be accepted, right? Because we all want to be accepted. We want to be part of a community. And it's all about shifting your community, bro. Like, you have that opportunity to do that with social media. And it's a really powerful tool. But you can get trapped, too. So it's, it's kind of like how you use it and your conscious decision to follow who you want to follow and post what you want to post. Yeah. Sorry, I was on mute too. The mute gets me every time. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, okay, so you make programs for people. Do you do like any in-person training or is it all um, like online? So I have done in-person training. Um, I used to train this kid from, well, he, he goes to Johns Hopkins now, um, but played D-line at, at um, damn, I always forget which falls it is. It's either like Cuyahoga Falls. I think it's Cuyahoga Falls. That sounds right. Um, anyways, he went there to play football. I trained him for a couple summers, um, a lot of D-line work, um, like tire flipping, all this like functional training stuff. Um, and then... I really didn't do a lot of in-person stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll definitely help out friends at the gym. And I've had a lot of friends come and work out with me before. I've helped them on their form. But I don't really consider that in-person training. 
Um, I think really the closest thing I've, I've done in-person training is, is work with Carly. Um, when we first started dating, she, she was a runner. Like she was, she did half marathons and super into running in great shape, but like very skinny. And she realized that like, she wanted to put on muscle. Her body wasn't cooperating with her with all the running. So that's, you know, that's when she transitioned into weightlifting. And, um, I mean, I don't know if Kyle, I'm sure you see her all the time now. Like she's a fucking beast. She's deadlifting. Yeah, she is. She's, she's deadlifting like uh, 225 plus. hundred percent. Yeah. She's, she's about to bench 135 real soon. So like, that was kind of my first in-person, I guess, like spark. And, um, you know, my dad's a personal trainer. He's owned his own studio since I was three years old. So, you know, I mentioned that I'm, I come from a divorce background. Anytime I was with him, like I was in that gym, I am hanging out with him, his, um, you know, his clients and, you know, he wasn't like, I I talk about being divorced, but like he was always around, man. That was a, he was a great dad. I love my dad. Still see my dad at least once a week. I go up to his gym and that's where I film all my stuff actually. So that's kind of where it got started. Um, but that was kind of my first interaction with in-person training. I didn't really do too much of it. You know, I was obviously training myself for football, but then when I, you know, graduated college, that's when I was like, all right, my, you know, I, I dabbled around with it, but I was still doing like my nine to five and I did the online stuff. Um, but, you know, I talked about training the one kid from, from Cuyahoga Falls in the summers. And then Carly, that's really when I like got to be in person and like spotting her and teaching her different things about um, different exercises. And she's she's like the greatest client ever. She picked it up right away. Thank God. So she, you know, she makes me look like a really good coach. Um, but then I got into like the online stuff and, um, it's, it's funny. You're hitting me at a time right now when I'm actually talking to a gym down in Broadview Heights, I'm going to start in-person training very, very soon. Um, and then the place where we go right now, old school iron, I'm looking to start training there too. Very, very soon. So, um, you know, at first my thought was I wanted to do this all online and then kind of have that be my side hustle with my nine to five. And I hope no one from my work is listening to this right now, but <laughs> um, kind of like transitioning <laughs> out of that, kind of transitioning out of that nine to five and getting into the in-person stuff um, is, is what I'm trying to do. And I want to have a good balance of working online and working in person um, I think with having that balance, you're able to be extremely selective and, and work with people that not only like want to better themselves and like have that mindset, right. Of like, okay, I'm going to be committed, blah, blah, blah. Um, but also like they value me as a coach, right. They're not just, Oh God, I got, you know, I got to work with this guy or blah, blah, blah. So I've, I've, I've been trying to find a good balance, right. Like be able to have different, revenue streams that I can make money off of, of the fitness thing, because it's hard to get into the space. Like, especially with training, um, it's competitive, but it is also growing and you gotta, you gotta know your stuff. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always been around fitness. It's literally been a part of my life since I was three years old. I know gym etiquette better than I know how to set a dinner table. Um, and it's just, you know, something that's been natural for me and something that I've always wanted to do. Like when I first got into college, I did athletic training and, um, dude, it was like, I took a biology class that was way above my <laughs> knowledge and total comprehension. And it just kicked my ass. It was the hardest class ever. And I made the decision. I'm like, I'm just going to go back to business and then I'll figure it out. You know, like I'll just focus on, on football. So, um, I've always had this idea of like, all right, I want to do something fitness related. I probably want to train a little bit, but, you know, started learning more about the online space and and realizing like how much potential it has. And I'm not sitting here saying it's easy at all. Like it's been a grind. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely something that's appealing and yes, to go back to your question, Kim, I a hundred percent wanted to want to get into in-person training. Um, that face-to-face contact is just, it's second to none and being able to like work with someone in person is just an invaluable experience. So, um, definitely looking to do that soon. Yeah. It's, it's good to have that balance, right? Cause you can definitely take on more clients online than you can in person, but 
you know, having that in person face to face, it's definitely, you know, I would like that too. Cause I, I, you know, as much as I like working from home, I hate sitting here all the time. Mm -hmm. I got to get out of the house. Yeah. And Kim, you know, it's funny. You talk about sitting there during, during your work. That is literally the reason that I decided like, I can't do this anymore. My, I have back pain. I'm sitting here all day. I'm like, I just want to go to the gym and loosen up and be able to like move around. And, uh, it just like, you know, it just, it gets to a point where, yeah, you're making money and you're feeling good. And like, obviously you got to pay bills. So you got to do something, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, quit your nine to five and be an entrepreneur right away. Like it's, it's a process and like figuring out how you're going to make that transition. Um, you know, gather number one, gathering up the experience and knowledge before you make that transition completely, but also having enough money to do it too. Like, you know, things are going to go wrong. There might be a downtime especially with the training thing, you know, it's not a consistent paycheck. So trying to figure that out and and like plan for it. Right. And be smart about that decision is definitely something I'm trying to do. Yes, sir. Well, you're headed in the right direction. That's for sure. Is there um, any closing notes you'd like to say to the listeners? No, man. I mean, I just appreciate you guys for having me on. Um, it's been a blast. I really, you know, appreciate you guys giving me a platform to kind of, kind of tell my story. And it's been fun connecting with two guys who have a great mindset and and want to achieve something with their lives. So I'm forever grateful for that. Forever grateful for the, the opportunities to, to meet new people and, and continue to connect and create something special. So yeah, just, just, just wanted to say thank you guys and keep, keep doing what you're doing. Of course, man. No, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, for everybody listening, be sure to check out the podcast Thoughts from a Balcony on uh, what is it, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And yes, sir. You, and your Instagram is TB underscore Morrison, correct? Yep, that's it. It was Timor Fitness, but I'm more than fitness, guys. So <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> got those thoughts from the balcony. I, like it. I just want to say it, man. <laughs> I got those balcony thoughts, so, you know, I had to be a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. Well, we hope everybody found value in the show. Please feel free to share with your friends. Go give Trevor some love, and we will see you next time. No matter what you do, remember to be all in.